0: Four. Hello, and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose, and today we're talking golf. Again. A few weeks ago, I talked about a case of renal colic I saw unfurl live during the World Long Drive Championships. While the point of that podcast was the way that a history can often be misleading in your hunt for the final diagnosis, I did make reference to the huge forces that the professional long drivers put their bodies through. So this made me think about injuries in golf in general and I wondered how common people injuring themselves playing golf actually is. My reading has made me realise that we should not discount golf as an underlying cause of a person's pain in many different body parts, and that we should also be considering recommending golf lessons as part of our treatment plan. Let me explain. In my inquiry into golf injuries, I found a review article by a Dr. Zouzias et al. from the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at Winthrop Hospital in New York, published in the Journal of the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons in 2018. It was titled "Golf Injuries: Epidemiology, Pathophysiology, and Treatment." I've linked in the show notes to the abstract. The article was an interesting read because they look at the various biomechanical motions of the golf swing, as well as review the literature that has looked at golf injuries over the years. And these are some of the points that I took away with me from reading the piece. So in the USA alone, 25.6 million people play golf, which is a lot. A study in Australia found an injury rate of 15.8 injuries per 100 golfers and 0.36 to 0.60 per thousand hours played per person which also seemed like a lot. They also found that 23.7% of injuries happened at the ball strike and that low back injuries were the most common but shoulders, hips, elbows, wrists, ankles and knees were all injured. So what injuries do we need to consider in the golfer? Well, rotator cuff tendinitis and partial tears, as well as subacromial impingement can occur in the shoulder. The AC joint apparently takes a hammering in low handicap and professional golfers, and glenohumeral instability and labral tears can occur. It goes without saying that epicondylitis occurs in golfers, and the act of catching a shot fat, which is hitting the ground before the ball, creating a large divot, contributes to this. This is also true of wrist injuries, where flexor carpi ulnaris and extensor carpi ulnaris tendinitis can occur, as well as triangular fibrocartilage complex tears, and even hook of hamate fractures. Back strains, as mentioned, are common, but I've also found a paper that mentions that chronic stress fractures of the rib can occur in golfers due to repetitive hitting. In the hip, acetabular labral tears have been found in elite golfers, but chondral defects, loose bodies and labral tears have all been found in all golfers. Knees are less commonly injured, but meniscal tears from rotation are reported. And ankle injuries can happen, but these are usually from rolling it on the course, as opposed to during the swing. And this brings to mind the sad story of English golfer Richard Boxall, who was in contention at the halfway point of the 1991 British Open at Birkdale. He'd been complaining of aches in his leg, and then during his third round he hit a 1-iron off the ninth tee and collapsed with a stress fracture. Now moving on from that paper, and in addition to these swing and walking around the golf course injuries, we must not forget that golf can also lead to injuries from errant golf balls. I was sitting next to a friend on the course once when they got hit full toss on the forehead by a ball, We were 12 at the time, and he was thankfully okay, after a few stitches, and it did mean that we got to ride in an ambulance, which was fun. I can still hear the thunk the ball made as it hit him, about one foot to my left. But spectators on golf courses do get struck, and while most injuries are superficial, there have been people hit in the eye, so situational awareness on the golf course is vital. And finally, blisters to the hands and feet, insect bites, sand foreign body in the eye, and even grass allergies, all things I've seen as a result of golf. Something I've not seen in person, but I have seen on TV thanks to the MTV show Jackass, is a golf buggy crash. The Jackass guys were driving it very recklessly, it goes without saying, causing a nasty concussion for their lead, Johnny Knoxville, but I guess a buggy-related injury might come through the urgent care on occasions. So reading this paper and reflecting on my own experiences playing and watching golf made me realise that while golf may not be as rough as New Zealand's national game of rugby, it does have a range of ailments that we need to consider. As a lot of them are overuse injuries, many in golfers of advancing years we should be asking people if they play golf as part of our history, unless the pain happens during a swing that leads them to present to you. As with a lot of overuse and gradual onset injuries, people may not volunteer everything they do, perhaps thinking that golf is a sedate and leisurely pastime. Finally, as highlighted in this paper, if you feel that golf is playing a role in the pain that your patient is suffering with, or is contributing to a recurring injury, then it might be worth them finding a PGA teaching professional and having a swing analysis. A few lessons might make all the difference, and the golf swing is so complicated it does need an external eye from a pro to spot problems. And these problems may be contributing to their injury, And so getting that expert eye on them could make all the difference. So perhaps add that recommendation to your management plan going forwards. Now, we'll be back again next week with another podcast. I look forward to seeing you all then. But for now, thanks for listening.